What's happening, sports fans? Well, music died out there a little quick. Look, I'm enthusiastic. Uh, it's the Holy Bowl week. We welcome you to the San Diego Prep Insider Football Preview Show. I have also not done my due diligence to introduce everybody else here with me on the show. I'm hoping I'm turning up Bodie De Silva's microphone right now. I'm here. Hey, Bodie. Now I'm pretty sure I'm turning up Tommy Morris's microphone. My ear exploded when you did that last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm man. not even wearing my headphones today. Well, that, I that's yes, I know. That's true. Um, it, it was a, I like it better this way because it's been demonstrated that you don't necessarily listen to the show. So you not having the microphones in is a good metaphor for life. Is it my turn to talk? Yes, exactly. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in. Like I said, you are listening to the San Diego Prep Insider Football Preview Show. Christian Pedersen, Bodie DeSilva, Tommy Morris. We're going to be breaking down every single game coming up this Friday. Are we into week? This is week nine now? Crazy. Yes. Yes, thank you. I'm looking. That's more of a yes or no <laughs> yes. answer. Um, Wait, no. We, oh, no, no, no. Because then I get lost in the whole thing with the week zero. It's like the negative week. And then sometimes it's, it depends who you ask. And then I literally don't know where I am anymore. Well, I'll yeah, because the other, the other sections north, are, they use a week zero. So it's, it's, so it's like, confused. ooh, it's like time traveling. So yeah. we're actually ahead of week. Um, today's, it's their Tuesday from last week. <laughs> I'll go. No, they're, <laughs> yes. They're in, they're, it's, what, what day is it? It's it's uh it's the day October. that we're recording this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so lost right now. <laughs> as with most shows, you are lost, and as with most shows, you can follow along at SD Prep Insider on all the social media. We have some fun polls throughout the show. That's your interactive part. We're gonna post the first poll of the night. Is it week nine of the football season? Yes, no, or crazy? Those are your three options uh, at SD. Or, well, yeah, and then the Fortnite uh, black hole vortex thing didn't help my time traveling. What's going on with that? Is that over? Yeah, I've seen that post a couple. I've n- that's not me. Who? Okay, <laughs> Tommy. I don't know if it's not. If who, it's not the show. I'm uh, uh, yes, uh, much appreciated, Tommy. Who do you think in San Diego that we could call up right now that might have the answers on Fortnite? Who Who do you think? Like what? What quarterback? What what running back? What team cat? Like who do you picture? I can't be a football kid. I feel like they're no? too committed. Right? It'd have to be a basketball kid or a baseball kid. Baseball kids have a lot of free time. Probably a baseball kid. No offense, baseball. You could probably play it in the dugout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on the polls right now. Are you playing the new Fortnite? I'm hoping I'm spelling that right. F O R T N I T E. Yeah, they spell right. it wrong. They spell it the way they do. Fortnite's two weeks, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Bodie would know the answer to that. Bodie would know the answer to that, considering that he grew up in a in a revolutionary war town, um, back in Mass. Well, and he's also read more than like four books, so I feel like, you know, is that the over under on intelligence? (laughs) Is the over? You get through four. If you get through four Harry Potters, you're smart. That's that is the barometer right there. If you can make it up through four, I mean, you can't before we well. What's the equivalent if it's just sports books? Because that would be in my case. If, if it's a book that's over 200 pages, it counts. Okay. So, so w- what are we putting on the poll? If you've read more than four books in your life, are you a genius? Four Harry Potter books. Oh. Oh, that's a horse of a different color altogether. All well, because they're so long. Yeah, I'm way under. <laughs> I made it to three. We'll I made just it ask. About 20 uh, pages <laughs> in on one. <laughs> the fourth one came out, and I just looked at it. My. I was in the bookstore with my mom back when bookstores existed, and she like looked at it. You know, she went to go hand it to me, and I looked at it, and I gave it back, and just went left and went back in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I was into that. <laughs> Wasn't gonna happen. 
Well, Sorry, let's, we're talking uh, about sports now. Yeah, you know, everybody. This is the beauty, I suppose, of the podcast is it's very easy for people to go nah, to hell with these guys. Let's skip forward to the actual football. Uh, we'll put it on the poll at SD Prep Insider on Twitter on Instagram. Have you read more than four Harry Potter books? Yes and no. You can answer at SD Prep Insider on Twitter on Instagram. That's where you can also find our football content. Because, like we mentioned, it's a big week coming up. It's Holy Bowl week. We got Saints Cathedral. We will start with that game, and then just so you guys know, um, we open the show with four games in depth, the real four main games of the week. Those will take up about the next 10 to 15 minutes of the show. Then we go in 12 to 15-minute blocks, getting through the rest of the games, kind of just taking our opportunity to shout out and and, uh, analyze players, some games more than others. But right now, four games in depth, skip forward about 15 minutes if you want to listen more just to what's going on all around the county. Let's get it started with that Holy Bowl. St. Augustine, Cathedral Catholic, and Bodie De Silva, you walked in here with a legal pad absolutely covered in the scribbles of a madman. It looks like the Matrix. You got just numbers and letters kind of flying everywhere. Yes, we both did go just do the the hands thing. But Bodie, what do you have there? Yeah, so I went back and I, I wrote down the scores from every Holy Bowl game, um, starting with the... Ever? The first one in 66. It was a 30-7 to seven cathedral win, or I should say University of San Diego High School win. Wait, okay, so how do I how do I tweet that? Do I say that the, did you know that Cathedral, and then like in parentheses, Uni won the first? Yeah, I, that's probably the best way. 30-7 to seven back in 1966. You have your notes uh, when they first started calling it the Holy Bowl. That I do not have. I do have the one year since then that they have not played, which was 2007. What? Why would they have not played in 07? That's what I'm unclear on. I was in high school when that happened. I should know that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't um, go to either one of those. I, d- I don't know if there was, if that was a week of maybe a fire oh, that the games were canceled. Okay, so that would probably, that, that actually, would be my guess then. Um, what year and what was the score? 66? 66. It was 30 to 7 Cathedral. Um, but yeah, going back to the yeah, game the a little like bit. Around, it was around this time because, yeah, that could have been, huh. Wait, give me the score. 30 to 6? 30 to 7. 30 to 7. Uh, for this year's game, the, the most interesting stat that stuck out to me was uh, going back to the to 2012, the visiting team has won each game. Wait, it's been that long? I thought it was just four, a four-year stretch. That's So it's been As a seven-year stretch? Looks wow. like back to 2012 that the visiting team has won every game, uh, which was back then it was a cathedral win at St. Augustine. Uh, but yeah, I, which who knows if that really favors uh, Saints this year as it's different. I mean, every year you get a different roster, but they've both been playing well. They obviously both dropped um, a game to Helix, but should be a good game and um, hoping for a competitive one because a lot of the recent ones have not been not been very close. So did Helix win the Holy Bowl in theory? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> on paper they won it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put that on the poll too at SD Prep Insider. Uh, did did Helix. Helix win the Holy Bowl? So, all right, Bodie, you can bring us just given uh, how many? Okay, so sixty-six. So we have about fifty results to get to uh, yeah, over the course of the year. Couple years so, with some playoff so, games. So but. give me the total span, like the total rivalry count. Like what are we at? What's the standing here? Um, that I may have to count up on. Okay, and then go ahead, please, please start what start the working stars? on them. Some stars and stuff. Um, those, those, those were the years. Yeah, they played twice because of a playoff game. So okay. get get started on the total standings of the two. What do you need? You need you, you need a pen? pen. Okay, uh, and then Tommy, while he is getting started on the standings of the two give me what you're looking for in this game to be the deciding factor 
I, I, not okay. We're gonna say all the football things, and we'll we'll take our chance to get to everybody. But right. what is the one primary matchup going into this game as a coach that you would be breaking down? Like that's where I think that this game is gonna be really truly fought on and won or lost. Well, obviously, when you talk about Cathedral, you talk about the running game, but. This is a coaching staff that is smart, and they know this is the game of all games for the season. And you can, I mean, obviously, yes, you want to win the Open Division Championship, but this this is almost as important to to this school and you know this fan base as winning a championship. And I think what you're going to see is they probably have a lot of stuff saved in the playbook. I'm talking specifically passing wise that they have not cracked into yet because they don't want Saints to see it. I bet this is again one of these rivalries where. Every team or both teams know everything about each other, so I think there's going to be a couple gadget plays and a couple plays that Cathedral have not has not run yet or last year that they're going to bust out on Friday so night. So, so you're looking at, at um, DJ Ralph against this the Saints yes. secondary as being your primary point of attack where you're watching this game. I think DJ Ralph's going to have a big game. All right, Bodie, you have total numbers for us? Yeah, so dating back to 1966, Cathedral with 34 victories, Saints with 23. 34, 23. And surprisingly, no ties. What? Well, no. I mean, no, when you look back, I mean, especially be before, before the overtime rules, there have been a lot of ties. When did overtime rules come into effect? I want to say. Keep searching. Go back to searching. We'll talk to you in a second. All right, so, Tommy, you're looking at DJ Ralph and the secondary uh, of Saints battling it out. Do you see this, though, as... Again, I ask you because you are the one out of any of us in this room that has actual high school coaching experience. Bodie, I don't mean to subtweet your your flag football coaching, but Tommy's actually been in the trenches with some kids. Are you holding back anything if you are on either sides of this equation just no. as a coach? No, probably not, and especially because they've played Helix. Both teams have played Helix, which would be the other game where you maybe would save something for, for that. And we're... we're well, I don't want to get into what week it is, but we're pretty far through the season now to where if you're holding something back, what are you waiting for? Unless you're waiting for the playoffs, which you never really know what's going to happen with that. So I think... but Okay, so you're not confident enough as, as either of these coaching staffs to say, look, we're both making it to the open division right now. Let's show 80% of the playbook. You're, you're, you're winning this one no matter what. Well, you you're, have to, right? Because the, the way that the, the points have kind of come together steel canyon and helix are up there along with these two teams you never really know what's going to happen towards the end when helix plays steel canyon i envision helix is going to win that game but it's going to help steel canyon also because their strength of schedule will go up after that happens and so will helixes so you have to win this game if you want to get in the open i i know there's been a lot of debate and anger from you know the helix people that they're not first and that cathedral is and how can that be possible when we beat them head to head blah 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 trust me these things sort themselves out it's not a big deal towards the end of the season it'll be fine but yeah you got something yeah speaking of the sorting out i mean last week we saw steel canyon was number one in the in the football rankings by cif and this week they've fallen down to four so it's it's begun to even out a little bit yes. you, you have to win this game i think both teams will end up in the open but it, yeah i think both these teams will end up in the open but I, I think that why why even risk it? Okay, so um, Bodie, when you have the overtime numbers, go ahead and shout them out, Tommy, and everybody else listening. I'm going to go ahead and give you offensive production right now, and just kind of uh, we'll, we'll back away from it for there. This is per what is on Max Preps, so not necessarily Bodie's favorite thing to hear, but I have not found Bodie. Is there a stats tab on Scorebook Live? on it uh so it a lot of teams have not yet submitted stuff but um okay so i apologize to our <laughs> our partner company for uh, the, the stats are coming from somewhere else they're yep. handwritten by me after watching all the game footage 
Saints is coming into this one with just a, a hair short of 200 passing yards a game, and they're sitting at 130 rushing a game. One th- just under 130 receiving and just over 270 rushing for Cathedral. So, Tommy, you're certainly right that it would be a surprise to have a lot of the offensive production predominantly come in big passing chunks for Cathedral Catholic. Right. Um, but I, I, I look at that and I... And this is not a knock on, on Xavier Watson. I mean, I think he's still going to get the ball a bunch. And he, I think that'll be another good matchup, too, which running back will have a more productive day between Xavier and Cardwell. But, I'm um, sorry, continue. I, I didn't mean no, 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 I, I was just going to say, so to me, the big battle is the upfront, And it's, it's right. how much pressure can each of these teams generate and how... Excuse me. Um, that was a hell of a cough button move there. That was um, that worked. We'll figure it out later. I accidentally turned off everybody's mics <laughs> with the cough button instead of just mine. I apologize for that. Um, but to me, it shows me that that Saints can exist without a ton of rushing yards. Not that I mean over a hundred a game is good. I mean it's great. Like you'll you'll take that all day and night as a coaching staff or as a fan base. But that they can exist without a, a predominantly oh we ran the ball all game long on those guys and we just existed feasting off of it. The way the cathedral has shown, look, we got the guys up front to just clear lanes, control clock, and 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 so to me the battle is on the offensive side, can Saints at least maintain that hundred something and, and, and give themselves a good baseline. And another thing too, you talk about Cathedral's defense. I mean, giving them zero points, fourteen, zero, seven, and their loss against Kilox gave up a bunch, but that was pretty much the only time. And Centennial they gave a bunch, but this is a yeah, one. And, and those are top nine, tier teams. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's not so the, the defense has been solid all season long for, for Cathedral, so that'll be another thing that'll be tough for Saints. Yeah, so if Cathedral's line, if Cathedral's D-line can get after it and really break down the, the passing front for Saints and, and leave them stymied on both passing and rushing, it's Cathedral's game to win. If Cathedral, though, I, I can keep the run to a minimum and not necessarily gadget play it, but force the pass to come to DJ Ralph, we could have ourselves a, an interesting game because they're... There's definitely enough marquee matchups on both sides of the ball there. You, you, you got Tyson McWilliams and that secondary with Sammy Scaife and just all sorts of talent back there. And, you know, why not have that be the game that you watch, like Tommy is saying? But to me, that's it, it's set up more by the battle on the offensive and defensive lines. Guys, anything on this one before we move on to another one? Bodie, you, you've been kind of quiet here because I've had you researching. Yeah, no, I'm interested. Uh, so far this year, Saints has played two quarterbacks in every game. So uh, I, as Tommy mentioned earlier, maybe a gadget play. Do they find a way to get both quarterbacks on the field at the same time? See if Cathedral picks up on it. Do you run a double pass? And with uh, with Cathedral's offense, do they find a way to maybe have Xavier Watson throw a pass out of a toss? Something like that. I, he's I would, a baseball guy. Yeah, so you know he's, he's play playing the hot corner. So yeah. I would think at some point yeah. we'll, we'll see um, just something that, that hasn't been on film and maybe a big chunk play. All right, so if there is nothing further on the Holy Bowl, we will move on to our next game, and that is San Diego playing host to Scripps Ranch. This one is fun on paper in every way, shape, and form. 5-1 and one San Diego versus 7-0 and oh Scripps Ranch. Uh, both of these teams have shown defensive dominance, pitching shutouts at different points in the season, and offensive dominance. What do we got here, guys? Yeah, San Diego High saw their long winning streak come to an end uh, against Sarah a few weeks back, but they've recovered, and, and they have a great uh, ground game. They've they've had that for a couple years now. Uh, Scripps has won every game by 10-plus points. I think that changes this week. I think they still win, but I, I expect a really close game, and uh, Cavers to give them a great shot. 
Yeah, uh, Nicholas Gardner has been great on the ground for Scripps. Luke Durkin been solid at the quarterback for them. And I did not think they'd be 7-0 at this point of the season, so i got to tip the hat to them as well. But as Bodie mentioned, Cavers with a really good ground game. I expect them to stick with that ground game for a couple reasons. First of all, it's what they do best. But second of all, it does drain the clock. It'll limit the possessions. I think their best shot in this game is to have one of those grind-out type of performances where they – carry the ball and, and maintain possession for a long time. So I think that's going to be their best shot of winning this thing. And a bigger picture on this game right now, the Scripps is the one seed in D3. San Diego's the D2 or the, the two seed in D3. So uh, a huge game because the loser could still finish behind and flip come bracket time. All right. Spit that stat at me one more time. They're first and second in division. Now in division three, Scripps is the one seed. San Diego highs the two. Okay. That much cleaner delivery <laughs> on the, the stat that time around Bodie. So I, I mean, I agree with you that this is one, two, let me just double clarify. So they still have the rule in place where if you're right next to each other, if you have a head-to-head matchup, the winner of the head-to-head flips, right? For non-open. So, correct. Correct. Okay, so to me, the, you, you bring up the word flipped, and this is flipped of the importance that I would have placed on this game at the beginning of the season. I would have assumed that San Diego was coming into it with the hot hand, undefeated record-type dominance, and they're only 5-1. and one. Like, that's not a bad... Like, that's a great team that San Diego has this year, so... I look at this as, as interestingly, unexpectedly fun, tough test for both of these teams that is a great tease for what could and should be, at the very least, a semifinals matchup come playoff time. Granted, there's two more weeks of football after this uh, for for Scripps and, and three for uh, for San Diego. So not necessarily going to say this is the last test they're going to have of the season, but this is, this is a big one. The way the brackets are shaping up, I mean, it, it goes deep this year. I think there's going to be some really exciting matchups uh, as we're only a couple of weeks away. Hence why I say uh, a semifinal, potentially. Not going to necessarily peg it to just being these two teams. This next game that we're going to talk about is uh, not one that I think anybody had circled as being a, a, a pick em game, like a real actual toss-up, and that is La Jolla versus Lincoln. La Jolla last, year, last week beats Morse. Lincoln continues to look like they don't have their identity quite figured out. La Jolla seems to have it dialed in, ready to go. So is this potential for two weeks in a row for La Jolla to have the upset of the week countywide? It definitely should be on the radar. Um, I'm not sure they'll pull it off, although La Jolla the last couple weeks, really good wins over Morse and Mira Mesa, um, went in and, and took care of business. And Lincoln struggled. They've played some top teams, but um, they haven't come up with victories. And, and it's tough. They're, we know their league's going to be really tough, but they're expected to be a top team this year. And right now they're they're just hoping to, to get a home game in Division One. I. I don't think someone will be close. Mira Mesa and Morse. In, in, in which way? You mean which team I think is going to win? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Mira Mesa and Morrison are kind of having down years right now. And the good wins for La Jolla, don't get me wrong, but Lincoln's had to play Cathedral. I mean, they've had, they've had a brutal schedule so far. They had to play Madison. I think it's going to show itself on Friday. I think Lincoln wins this game by three touchdowns. Cathedral guarantee, but no, I'm just contemplating whether or not to take your mic away from you for the rest of the show for <laughs> blaspheming against the, the that wasn't the biggest win the La Jolla's had in a decade. No, I mean um, it's a good win, and you you know with a with a sophomore quarterback, it's uh, impressive, you, you and they're going to be good in, in a couple you years. Slide but. in the the subtweet of of Morris and Mir Mesa having they're having down years, but it's still a good win. That's that's mean, man. I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing. Uh, look, I'll, I'll say that for La Jolla, we talked about it kind of off and on the last two years that they are getting the most out of young players 
and guys, they're not a senior-heavy team yet. So right now, there's still a little bit of playing with house money type vibe. So uh, I, three touchdowns would be, uh, uh, okay, yeah, that's what we all thought going into the season. I want to say that this would be a field goal or a, or a seven-point loss at the very most for La Jolla and that everyone walks away from this going, oh, man. La Jolla could be five and five, but a threat in the playoffs this year, and they'll be eight and two next year. Yeah, right now they're sitting. They'd have a buy in in Division three playoffs, and uh, looks like they have a pretty good margin. So uh, if they can finish out these last three weeks strong, um, maybe make a good playoff run. Our last game in this opening block is Santa Fe Christian versus Classical Academy on a Saturday. Got some league action. Ultimately, both of these teams kind of playing chase to bishops you would assume that that that's the case but uh you got to have someone in second place to kind of keep the the threat on bishops so sfc has that seat right now classical wants it uh, is this is this potential upset opportunity what what are we what are we seeing tommy's shaking his head tommy what do you got right now we got three touchdowns again in favor of of the favorite of S- of SFC? sfc i mean you play a lot of these teams that have spread they spread the ball around. I would say the majority of the county now is going to do this way. And you play a team like SFC that runs the ball. Unless you are a good tackling team and you practice tackling frequently and you're used to that kind of downhill attack, it is really difficult to stop them. And I see ground and pound all day for Santa Fe Christian on a Saturday. So I, I, I do like the Eagles on this one. So, so that's interesting to me. You're attacking it more from the angle of they're just their physicality is not at a level that you need to not necessarily scheme wise that they're better positioned to win or that their clock management or anything you're just saying physically it's one of those things that eventually you can't take the punishment and, and that wears you down I, I i agree with that to to a small point but i also think that sfc has jumped on every opportunity this year they haven't turned they haven't turned the ball over a ton they haven't done many uh uh, uh, fail to convert in the red zone type stuff. They're a team that they get their possessions and they punch them in. Well, when your leading rusher is Stephen Britton, who's averaging 7.4 yards a carry, it makes it pretty easy. I mean, if all you do is turn around and hand the ball to the guy and your line blocks for him, you, you only do that twice to get a first down. It's pretty hard to stop that. We're going to put it on the poll at SD Prep Insider on all the social media. If your running back is averaging 7 point, you said 7.4. If, if, if your running back is averaging 7.4 rush or yards per rush, I apologize for doing a yes. Bodie DeSilva here and butchering that. Uh, if he, if he's averaging that, uh, is life easy? I think, I think it's overwhelming, yes. o- so. overwhelmingly. Yes, Buddy, you are going to say something about this game? Yeah, so for this game, I mean, first, it's it's a Saturday afternoon, so you want to get to your Friday night game. Still time to get out to this one on, on Saturday. Always a good environment there at, at Santa Fe. There's, there's no bad seats. You can get really close to the action. Uh, but with Santa Fe's offense, they've got 10 guys that have four carries or more this year. So as Tommy said, they, they spread it around, and, and they've only thrown 30 times and run 317. So you know what's coming. You don't know who will get it, but they're going to come right at you. you got to make the tackle. And um, I think Classical will score some points, but defensively, uh, I've seen Santa Fe run it on some teams this year, and, and good luck with that. Any closing notes on that game, Tommy? No? Yes? No. We're good. Okay. Um I mean, I do. I, I I always have a soft spot for the rushing tag teams. I don't know why. I, I I like seeing teams who run the ball ninety percent of the time. So that's all I got. For that. How did you How did you phrase that, Bodie? You, you you know where it's coming from. You just don't know who's bringing it, or or what did you say? You know it's going to be on the ground, but could be to any of the three or four guys in the backfield. Fair enough. Well, we'll close on that note, and we'll remind you that all of our stuff here is brought to you guys by the good people at Blast Radius Coffee. For more, visit blastradiuscoffee.com. 
We will be back on the other side of the break with all of our game previews from around the county in a little bit more expedited manner. Talk to you soon. Welcome you back to the San Diego Prep Insider Week 9 High School Football Preview Show. Thank you very much for checking in. Christian Pedersen, Bodie Da Silva, Tommy Morris here in the Blaster Radius Coffee Studios. We've got a whole bunch of... We've got every other game remaining in the county other than our four to get to. So let's dial this up with... Uh, we'll pick up with the other Saturday game, and that is Bishops versus Tri-City Christian. Bodie? Yeah, saw Bishops last week. They, yeah, you I did. mean, they offensively right now they're they're as good as anyone in the county. It's really tough to stop them. And, and we saw them squib a couple kicks last week. They they looked ahead on film and saw where La Jolla Country Day was weak on the return. And um, three minutes in or four minutes in, they were up three touchdowns. So uh, this will be a tough one for Tri City. They've had a they've had a good year. I know they lost a close one to Santa Fe Christian last week, but uh, Bishops right now with that offense, you just hope they can't score fifty or sixty. Yeah, there's nothing else really to say about that one other than Tyler Buckner is good and the, he's got a good defense. Mission Bay and Patrick Henry. Tommy, last week Patrick Henry puts up 70 and Mission Bay does not score. So one would say that this is Mission Bay's chance to play upset, Patrick Henry's chance to play uh, a consistent amount of wins later in the season. Well, who, what do you got here? Yeah, Patrick Henry putting up 70 points against Kearney. Mission Bay, a team that... Four and three. Both teams are four and three coming into this game, but Patrick Henry with a tougher schedule and their offense. Man, I did not see this coming from them at all. Their offense had been absolutely incredible so far on the season. Castillo playing, uh, doing an awesome job. Excuse me, at quarterback, averaging three hundred twenty-five yards for per game. Wow, I can't talk anymore. What is wrong with me? None of us can. That's okay. Uh, actually, yeah, this it's, is three hundred twenty-five yards per game on um through the air. I, I like Patrick Henry here. I think. Mission Bay will score, though, in this game. I think it'll be something around 50 to 21 or something like that. But it, it'll be a lot of scoring again for Pat Trinity. Bodie O'Farrell is playing host to Whittier Christian. Uh, just give us the, the quick synopsis, because we're obviously a San Diego team, so we prefer the O'Farrell uh, homerisms here on the show. Yeah, O'Farrell, we've talked about him. I mean, football's been new the last couple of years, but they're scoring points. Uh, against Southwest, they got 26 points. Escondido Charter, they get 22. So uh, I think they'll score some points this week. I think Whittier takes it, but O'Farrell's improving. Claremont and Sarah. Claremont has uh, showed some really good moments this year, and Sarah has also showed some exceptional moments this year. Is this going to be a tough battle for Sarah, or is Sarah clicking now, Tommy? I think this will be a nice, easy win for Sarah, not to take anything, take anything away from Claremont. Sarah, 1,538 yards on the ground so far in seven games. It's over 200 yards rushing per contest, and they've been doing it like kind of like how Bodie said with Santa Fe Christian. They have three main rushers that are um, going to be carrying the ball for them, one of them being the quarterback. So I see, again, when you can run the ball well, it's really, really hard to stop. They're averaging 6.2 yards per carry. They're just going to motor through, I think. I think it'll be a Sarah win. Uh, just a, a, an aside on social media right now, at SD Prep Insider with all of the polls going out. Shout out to the CCHS Los Locos for uh, following along right now, and uh, you've been doing you've been doing some you've been putting the uh, the pit a little bit on notice this year. I would love to see the two of those guys all week, and I say that just as a, a broad general like the two full student sections going at it in some sort of no the two student sections going at it in some sort of uh, of decathlon type event. Um, they should every day they should have some sort of that would actually be really awesome. Well, that would be really awesome. Uh, let's let's tweet at uh, tweet it out. Um, the next game, 
Coronado versus Crawford. Bodie. Yeah, uh, Crawford's played some really tough teams this year. They played San Diego High to open, and since then they played Castle Park and Scripps, who are both still undefeated. Uh, so they went out and challenged themselves. You're not always going to win a game there, but they've gotten some wins. And um, I think this week at Coronado, Coronado's been playing well recently. Um, they had a huge win last week. They took down Claremont 52-7. to uh, so I think Coronado at home, the way they're playing, they'll get this win um, and get an important league win, most importantly. Tommy, tell me a little bit about uh, San Ysidro and Montgomery. I'm assuming that this is this is going to be the big boy moment for San Ysidro. They've got a couple of wins this year, but you're, you're going to figure out if they got it all figured out or if uh, Montgomery is just now closing out the, the remainder of their season. Keep getting good running teams, so I, I like talking about them. Hey, I keep doing it. Seven point seven yards per carry for Montgomery so far this season. A resurgent year for them. Six and one record. San Ysidro on the right track, but they're just not quite there yet. Montgomery's going to be a favorite in the playoffs, I believe. Uh, Dixie's got six hundred thirteen yards. Really quickly, give him a shout out about Williams four hundred forty four yards. The, these guys can run the ball and very biased for those running teams. Kind of just to give you the numbers: two hundred fifteen rushes so far this season. Uh, 105 passes, so they're going to throw the ball the majority of the time, or sorry, run the ball the majority of the time. Uh, I like I like their chances here. Bodie RB versus Mount Carmel. Bernardo's been a really nice surprise. They lost two to start the year, and since then uh, they've rattled off five in a row. They keep moving up the rankings uh, in Division One. It, it'll be challenging, but right now they'd have a home game. So uh, Mount Carmel's had a tough year. They're they're improving. They got some guys that'll be back next year, but I think Rancho Bernardo takes this one, and they look like the top team in league. I'd like to. T- I'd, I'll go ahead and talk Oceanside RBV if that's okay with everybody. Um, Do it. I, I. Hey, look. I love that they were at one point this year. Our our team. Well, oh, they're back, and we had we had Kavika Tua on, and they've been trending upwards, and it was great. Then they had this disastrous, like destructive outing against Mission Hills that robbed me of all my confidence in this team. And then they bounced back last week with a loss, but a really like they they. Yeah, by um, two points to a top team, um, like Bodie said before I turned his mic on. Um, it, it, that like that restored most of the confidence, but I want to see like I want to see lopsidedness here to know that this is not a team that there is still that wildly unpredictableness about them, and that we can trust them in the D one playoffs to to produce at that higher level. And for RBV, it, it's the mixture of hey, get the seniors some time to play, air them out, or do you go young, young, and show them what the speed is for, for varsity and start looking toward the future and building up? Because I, I think it's past uh, the point of questioning whether or not it works to put freshmen out in varsity and sort of say, hey, look, two, this is a two-year, three-year investment. Like We trust that this makes, makes it better. Um, so I, I, I need to see Oceanside by like four or five touchdowns to, to have any confidence in them going into the Division One playoffs. Holtville, they're taking on Mountain Empire. This one is a, a pair of teams battling for a much-needed win. Bodie, you got, you got something on this one? Yeah, Holtville looks like one of the best teams out in uh, the Imperial Valley this year. Uh, really balanced offense, and I mean, they're, they're rushing for 173 yards per game from Jose DeVoe and uh, quarterback Spencer Hill-Ficker. 162 passing yards a game. So uh, that's going to be, those are some of the best numbers out there. And um, I think they'll get a win against Mountain Empire and, and continue their, their seven and one season. So uh, Jose DeVoe, only a junior, 23 rushing touchdowns already this season. So he'll be back next year. So let's see if he can 
duplicate those numbers in another season. Hopefully, with that that schedule way out there in the desert, so he's probably probably going to play a similar schedule. I expect this kid to have a big year next year too. Tommy, big fan of your uh, love and passion for the consistent rushing today. Uh, you're listening I to lucky. I can keep the, every game. <laughs> I got one, one or two kids. It's been fantastic. I'm serving you up softballs. Uh, we'll be back after the other side of the break with more San Diego High School football preview show. Everything here at SD Prep Insiders brought, brought to you by our good friends at Blast Radius Coffee. We'll talk to you soon. We welcome you back to the San Diego Prep Insider preview show. During the break, Bodie, uh, you want to read out that stat? Yeah, Jose, I hope I'm not butchering it, DeVoe, uh, junior running back out at Holtville. Uh, and Tommy brought up his numbers. He's at 1,213 rushing yards, 9.1 yards per carry so far this year. But, I mean, last year, 25 touchdowns. He's already at 50 career, and he's still end of his junior year. So he'll have some huge numbers going on. Uh, two things. One, you never re- actually announced when the overtime rules be- came into effect in San Diego high school football. So but as can you, can you far as I can find, the last ties were in the 2011 season. Okay. And then we luckily put in some, that seems some su- overtime that rules. That seems surprisingly recent. I remember in 2013, one of the best games I ever went to was a Mission Hills-San Pasquale game, which I think was one versus two in the county back then. Um, great overtime game, and you couldn't. Uh, it was so foggy you couldn't even see the midfield. Okay. Just a random oh, random okay. thought about overtime. I, th- yeah, I thought you were going <laughs> to say that then we wanted it to be overtime or we didn't want it to be overtime and there was going to be a conclusion to that just story. Just a great other Friday night just, game. Oh, uh, I was at a game. There was fog. <laughs> and then it just trails off into the fog. Well, so you, worst. You could barely see no, the no, no, officials. No, no, and no. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, rain is the worst. Fog is the worst. At least you can see in the rain. Oh, give me fog for sure. Nightmare. No, you can't <laughs> see anything. And you, like, I want fog at the Holy Bowl this weekend. Then oh opposing stands can't see each other. It'll be great. You know they're having a viewing party for this thing? Really? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've, I've seen with all the, the parking dilemma people have, I actually ran into a referee yesterday who's doing the game who was trying to figure out the ticket situation for people coming in. Like I mean, that Canyon Crest and then walk over. Yeah. Know? I mean, there'll be people parking in neighborhoods just. That's a lot easier. Oh, dude, if we live there, you could sell your... Who, who, who's coming by helicopter? What alumni base do you have arriving to that game via helicopter? Tyler well, Gaffney? Ooh, yeah. Or, or any of them, like uh, like Navy Leapfrogs? Navy Leapfrog guys can Navy Leapfrog under the, into the game. Hopefully there's no fog then. Oh, yeah. See, the, you, your fog ruined my whole pregame show that I just invented. So, wait, but they would jump, they would jump in the rain? They, like... Yeah. like Wait, I mean, uh, more so than fog, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, that's a great question. Well, yes, no, no, they definitely do jump in the rain. What if they're in inclement weather? When well, they're... like in war, yes, I understand that. Like if we're in, even then, although they did push the D-Day invasion back a couple of times because of fog and rain, um, I understand they would do that. But for a high school football game, I don't think they would jump for either. But that we'll we'll, we'll put it on the poll at SD Prep Insider. We'll have I mean, everybody sort it out. Um, First game is Kearney and Hoover, and I will take this one. Not the season either of these teams necessarily were grinding for. Uh, that's the result of football sometimes, is that you win some, you lose some. Sometimes you're just not quite where you were the last season, and sometimes you're in the process of getting ready for the next season. For Hoover, this is still a, a I think anytime you have a new coach, you get at least a one-year grace period uh, to, to figure things out and just get you know, the new kids used to the new system, the new people, the new names, 
and vibes. So it's it's Kearney's game to win, and Kearney has been in a couple of this year with teams as, that as the season has rippled out, like losing to Patrick Henry last week. Patrick Henry is now a confirmed good team. Losing to Morse. I thought that Morris was a good team. Tommy thinks that Morris is a mediocre team. There's a couple squads on that lineup that I just, I think that the Kearney losses this year can be taken into a little bit of context that give me this game to see whether or not they still have it in them to party in the end zone and, you know, label them a threat going into the playoffs. Point Loma and Madison. Tommy, you want to talk to me about this one a little bit? Yeah, I think Madison's going to run all over me. You keep feeding me the lob here with the running teams, and I'm going to, Take it again here with Madison. Keontae Springs, over 1,000 yards already, 8.4 yards per carry, 176 yards per game. Those are all very impressive numbers, by the way. 11 touchdowns so far this season for him. They're not going to throw it a bunch. They only have 585 passing yards so far this season, but I think they're going to run all over Point Loma. I think it could be an awesome game for the Warhawks. And by the way, these guys have had a tough schedule coming into this as well, so it'll, it'll be nice for them to have some such I'm not saying a bad like an easy game, but just not such a ridiculous game of a schedule for them. Bodie, were you leaning forward like you wanted to say something on this game or are you getting ready for UC Mira Mesa? Getting ready for the next one. All right, give me UC Mira Mesa. Yeah, so it's two teams looking uh for their second win of the year. It's not how either of them planned it, but it happens that way. Uh, Gunner Gray and University City, they put up a lot of points this year, but the defense just hasn't been there. For Mira Mesa, they've got some talented guys, but they just haven't scored as much. So uh, I think it'll be a competitive game, but it's two different um, systems that go about attacking you that way. Next game we got is La Jolla Country Day and Army-Navy. I will take this one, unless, Tommy, you're dying to talk about your, your boys. No? Okay, fine. I, I only asked because I got the opportunity to talk about my boys, and I didn't know if you wanted to talk about EJ Kreutzman and his prolific offense that he's got this year. But uh, this, this yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, like nationally ranked yards. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive whenever, whenever you get on those national leaderboards. I saw him in person last week against uh, Bishops for the first time this year, and um, I mean they were they were they were outmatched by a really good team that will most likely go on to make a run to if not win a championship in the playoffs this year. So that's a tough loss, but okay, whatever. Put that aside. They're an interestingly threatening team. They can move the ball a little bit. They, they've got some questions on defense, but I think they can make up both of those, most of those with the offensive firepower they have. So uh, I'll go with Country Day winning this one. And let's, like Tommy said, let's start watching the national numbers on this one. Southwest San Diego and Castle Park. We're on Castle Park watch. How can they close out the season? Uh, Seven and O. Oh. Yes. Tommy, take it away on this one. Yeah, we talk about some programs having resurgent years and kind of coming out of nowhere, and this is definitely one of them as well. Castle Park 7-0. I don't think any of us saw this coming in the beginning of the year. They averaged – I'm going to beat you guys to death with this. I'm so sorry. Average 303 rushing yards per game. I don't care who you are or what you're playing or whatever. Well, actually, it does kind of matter what you're playing. You have to be playing football. But very hard to beat teams like that when they get 300 yards basically for free. I like Castle Park in this one. There are, what, three undefeated teams? Bishops, Castle Park, and Santana? It's Foothills Christian. We're going to go down amen now. We got eight. Eight? As of my article who, last who, who week. Am as I, I, who am I forgetting in that in that list? Castle Park, Bishops, Santana, Steel Canyon. Ah, Steel Canyon, yes. My apologies. Steel as Canyon. I blank on the other one, which I will get back to you on. We blanked on four of them. <laughs> You said Park. there was eight of them, and you you gave us four. So you didn't not you didn't blank on one. You blanked on four. Did you get Castle Park? Yeah. 
Is it your turn to talk yet? <laughs> as I'm going back to grab them. All right. Uh, well, as you go back to grab them, I'll talk about our next game that we've got. And oh, oh you got them. Uh, Scripps Ranch. Oh, oh we literally talked about that. Is Sarah? Uh, no, they've lost. San Diego lost. Jewish Academy, Foothills Christian, and San Pasqual Academy. Fair enough. Um, Maranatha Christian and Orange Glen. Oh, Bodie, you got something? Yeah, Maranatha opened their new facilities last week. Um, it's tough, though, in, in, in league play. They bring in Orange Glen this week. And uh, Cale Patterson, he runs over everyone. We know how that works. 53 career touchdowns. He's closing in on 5,000 career yards. So really good career for him. I can't wait. Uh, and I don't, I, we, I mean, I know we don't cover college football. So I, we don't know where Cale's going to end up in life. Like if he ends up playing some college football of some sort or not, or if he ends up, you know, uh, giving up on lifting and not anything like that in college. I don't know. But I, I, I could, well, well, no, but, but I, I just, I, I bring it up because I feel like there's going to be a point where Cale Patterson is like, it, you know, say he goes to a big college or something like that, doesn't play football. I can see him playing in an intramural football game doing really well and someone's like oh you're so good at football and him struggling to convince everybody that he ran for like six thousand yards and 60 something touchdowns and took his team on a state run everyone's gonna look at that guy and be like eh you definitely were like a west welker right wide receiver and he's like no i was actually one of the baddest dudes in the entire county just running through people like uh the the cover doesn't match the inside of the book on that one um Modern Day Catholic versus Otay Ranch down in the South Bay. I will take that one. And let, oh, Tommy, do you want to talk about Aiden Calvert because that feeds nicely into yeah, your okay? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Nine go yards ahead. a carry, but if you add his passing or receiving yards, excuse me, in there over seven hundred yards all purpose so far this season with thirteen touchdowns already in only six games. Sorry, right, go. Oh, five games actually. He's only technically played five games, so yeah. That's all you need to know necessarily. Um, Tommy or uh, Bodie, do you want the Ramona or the Esco game? Take the Ramona game. All right. T- tell me about Ramona Fallbrook. Yeah, so Ramona's searching. Uh, it's been tough so far. Uh, they haven't gotten gotten a win yet. Um, and and Fallbrook either, like, they played down at, at Sweetwater in one game. It, it Someone's going to get it this week. I think it'll be Ramona. Um, but it's tough when you see teams that, that haven't been able to collect that first win yet, but neither have been able to get it clicking on offense. So uh, I think the team... Uh, they can avoid turnovers in this matchup. They'll they'll be able to get a couple scores and and collect their first victory. Last block of this or last game of this block is Escondido Charter and Francis Parker. Francis Parker last week kind of against Army Navy showed us what I've been saying all season is that they would find their identity. They would click at at least one of the games down the stretch, and they did last week. So. I look at them closing out this season potentially on a little bit of a, of a run, bringing it back to 500 and throwing their hat in the ring for, you know, at least a first round win in the playoffs. So this one is, is Parker all the way. I see it. That'll do it for this block of games on the other side of the break. We've got some South Bay. We've got some East County. We've got some North County. We've got a little bit of everything. We'll be back in just a second. You're listening to week nine of the San Diego high school football preview show. Welcome back to the San Diego High School Football Preview Show. Christian Pedersen, Bodie Silva, Tommy Morris. Noah is not with us tonight. Noah, we send our prayers to everything going on in your life. We hope to have you back with us soon. Christian is taking on Morris. Tommy Morris has uh, both a name in common and a passion for the run game. It's a near, it's like a near rhyme. I get 
No, I, okay, I was not implying that anybody thinks you are Tommy Morse, um, but it's... It has happened multiple times. What? What? It, what? I, I guess if you've never seen it spelled out before. Fair enough. I mean, Bodhi, Bodhi, well, you, you, computer uh, programmer, he would be a coder, Morse coder. Yes, we went over that <laughs> joke last week. That was great. We'll put it on the poll. At <laughs> Never SD. enough times to make that one. We'll put it on the poll at SD Prep Insider. Are you allowed to make the jokes or the same joke on the show two weeks in a row? Uh, so, Tommy, talk to us about this one. I mean, yeah, Morse is a team. I get to talk about the running teams. Morse is a team that I don't know if they know that the Ford Pass is legal yet, <laughs> but they don't need it. I, mean, I, I do kind of envy the, the ability to, to keep the ball on the ground, get things going, 278 rushing yards. Per game for them, Christian, not too shabby on the ground as well, about 200 yards. For them on the ground, but they'll throw it a little bit more. They, both teams will, will get around 300 yards a game if, if you're looking at that. I think this will be a very, 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 very close game. Kind of hard to pick. Uh, shout out to Noah Stein. Um, from Christian, he, he's going to be all over the field. So I, I, I kind of want to go with Christian here, but I think this is going to be a very, very close game. And it, I, I think this will be... If we could do a tie, Bodie, I would pick this as be a tie. Yes. Chula Vista versus Hilltop. I will take this one. Um, Hilltop, man, every week now just has to close out with as dominant of a win as they can to keep that offense humming and, and ready to go into the playoffs. Look forward to what we can see this year, them actually making a legitimate run. So they, they've just got to keep everybody healthy now. I would expect to see some some abbreviated shifts of starting players and see some of their backups get some numbers. Eastlake versus Olympian. Bodie, talk to me. Yeah, we've talked about Olympian's tough schedule. It continues a week. It continues again this week. Uh, but I'm happy for Eastlake. They they looked for their first win for a couple weeks, and now they're up to three wins. They've won two in a row. Uh, so they're 2-0 and in league, and, and I think they'll get another one here against Olympian that, that seems to be a little beat down after um, a nice opening stretch. El Cajon Valley versus Mount Miguel. This one, to me, comes down to the fact that both of these teams have had little hot stretches this year. El Cajon Valley gives a decent scare, I think, to Castle Park. As close of a scare as Castle Park has had. So we know that El Cajon Valley defense, defense is good. Their run game can control games. We've kind of seen the same thing from uh, Mount Miguel. Last week, they were impressive against... Monta Vista compared to what the last couple of years have been, but they still didn't come away with the win. So look for this one to be maybe a litmus test on which program is closer, but uh, this one should actually be a really competitive, interesting game. We've got El Cap and Granite Hills. Tommy, what do you, no running teams necessarily? No, I, no, I just wanted to say, first of all, I said Noah sign. I meant to say Nate sign. I apologize. And I believe that's Jonathan Stein's little brother, if you remember him from back in the day. Who's I do. Playing at Missouri Baptist. I just want to make that correction really quickly. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, hit me with some LCAP Granite. Um, yeah, yeah LCAP I've kind of been struggling so far this year. Granted, a team that's been pretty solid. I expect Granite to win this one kind of handily, but LCAP trending in the right direction, just have had a couple down years. San Pasqual and Valley Center are going to be duking it out up in the North County. Bodie, I really like San Pasqual, but I also really acknowledge that some of these have been low-scoring games that are not necessarily indicative of like, oh, that's a runaway good team. 
What do you make, though? Yeah, I mean, in seven games, though, whether or not the games are close, they've only lost one of them, and, and that was a Torrey Pines game that they were that they controlled uh, for much of that game and, and lost it late. But uh, it, it's a good one because you have two more undefeated teams in the Valley League right now, and Escondido's still undefeated, too. So you get three teams in contention for uh, an undefeated league title with three weeks to go. So it uh, should be entertaining. I think Sampa Squall's the, the leader of that group, but they gotta they got to take Valley Center down to control that. Steel Canyon and Valhalla will be squaring off out in the East County. Steel Canyon, I mean, this isn't going to necessarily be a close-ish game in, in, in all facets of it. Steel Canyon, they're just good in every way, shape, and form. Are they the number one team? Yes, according to one metric. Are they the number one team? No, according to another metric. So what do you look at in these games? Is there a margin of victory that you need from Steel Canyon to resonate that they are the number one team? Do you need it to be a shutout for Steel Canyon to resonate it being the number one team? Like, as a pair of media guys, I ask you mostly rhetorically because, you know, we don't need to necessarily get into voting styles right now, but what needs to happen wins loss wise for Steel? I mean, Tommy, if you have an actual answer, great. I I, I didn't mean it as like an actual answer. No, I mean, just the beauty of it is all you have to do is wait until you play Helix, but you can't lose any of the other games either. So you got to kind of stay the course. Yeah, for Steel Canyon, I mean, defense has been their thing. Uh, they've really controlled every game that way. They're giving up eight points per game. But uh, I, I would like to think that they won't be looking ahead. Um, Valhalla is pretty one-dimensional. And I, I'm not saying they're looking ahead. I'm saying for us, as the, as the as the voting media-consuming, all-knowing audience, like what has to happen for that in a voter poll, uh, us to be like, oh, wow, they put up 148 points on Valhalla. We now believe that they are better than he- – like, Maybe it can't even happen. It, it, it was more asked as a rhetorical question than anything else. Yeah, within league, I think maybe you can compare the scores with those being oftentimes in consecutive weeks. Uh, but they'll have Grossmont uh, on the road and then Helix at home the next two weeks, so that'll be the most interesting thing to me to see how they do. Vista is taking on Westview. Tommy, I believe it is your chance to talk about a game right now. And this is, again, running. a running team. <laughs> it does, too. Uh, one, or 11.4 rushing yards. Per carry, but David Flores actually has more total yards than him so far this season. His own teammate, 1,039. That is scary. Their season average rushing, guys, 387.7 yards per game. That is just on the ground. That's pretty insane. Flores, as I mentioned before, 12 touchdowns already. Does Tua, 10 touchdowns already. Tua is going to be playing 100 different positions for Vista. He can pretty much do whatever he wants on the football field. I think this will be a victory by wide margin for Vista. They're having a good year this year. We move on to San Marcos and Torrey Pines. Bodie, what do you see here? Yeah, so these, these teams are down in the bottom half of the Avocado League this year. Um, but just a year ago, they played two great games, including that Lightning Week and then uh, a really good Open Division semifinal game. I think the big key here is both teams are starting sophomore quarterbacks. So uh, whichever group can make the less amount of mistakes on offense, I think that'll be really key to, to getting on the scoreboard and winning this game. All right, we will be back with one more block of San Diego High School football games. We will talk to you guys soon. We welcome you back to the San Diego Prep Insider High School football preview show, the E-Block. This is the last group of games before we say goodbye and bid you into the actual Friday Night Madness. The first one being Escondido versus West Hills. I'll take this one, guys. Escondido really, really good in their own right. West Hill is really, really good in their own right. Both of these teams, you know, have had moments, though, where they've also been 
a little bit vulnerable to certain schemes and taking losses to undefeated, you know, West Hills losing to an undefeated Santana. That happens once every decade, but this is the year that it happens. Escondido loses to a really tough Hilltop team, but that's a Hilltop team that we were talking earlier in the show about them being on a runaway. So this is a, a pair of teams that they've had a little tough luck this year, but this should still be a really entertaining football game. I see this one, though, as Escondido's game to win and lose. They'll be in the driver's seat for this one. Grossmont is taking on Helix out in the East County. Who's got this one? Um, yeah, I think this is interesting with both teams being one loss and obviously a huge league game for both of them. Uh, we know Helix is going to score. Whether or not they have Noah, we don't know his exact injury status other than his ankle is not broken, but um, I don't know how quick you want to rush him back with playoffs looming. Uh, but I, I just want to see uh, Jamie Odom have a good game. He's had a great senior year so far, and um, I'm just curious how their offense uh, will respond when they're going to see the best defense this year. Uh, Robert Tucker's also had a huge breakout year, averaging almost 11 yards per carry for Grossmont. LCC Mission Hills, Tommy. Like LCC in this one, I know the record is four and three, but they're missing a certain somebody for for some of those games. And now that he's been back, they've looked really, really good. I like him here against Mission Hills. The thing that does scare me though is I'm giving up 32 points against San Marcos. I got to clean that up a little bit. I know it was two weeks ago, but I, I like them here against Mission Hills. Sweetwater is playing host to Mar Vista down in the South Bay. Although I say playing host, Sweetwater's played a lot of road games or their home games this year. Um, Mar Vista is in control here on this one. I, I like them to take this one. Sweetwater has had a, a little bit of a down year athletically for, for the football team, but those are the years that you build up. You know, look, look at right now, we're talking about who would have thought three years ago that we were talking about Hilltop being like the guys, the team, other than the fact that they were on the grind, but whatever, you know, I digress. Um, Mar Vista's game to win here. Uh, Monta Vista and Santana Bodie. Yeah, Santana's one of the teams... Santana is one of the teams we talked about that's still undefeated, uh, and they're at 8-0, so one of the next two weeks they'll have their bye before they head into playoffs. And right now they sit as the, the number one seed in Division Four by a wide margin where even if they were to lose, which I don't think it'll be this week, uh, they'd still hold on to that. So I think they'll take care of Monta Vista this week and um, continue their, their undefeated streak as playoffs get close. Calexico and Palo Verde Valley are going to be duking it out out in the Inland Empire. Anybody got any hot takes they need to draw? Uh, Tommy, did we get another running game for you? We got a freshman alert, yeah, on the, on the ground. Marcus Macon, just a, just a freshman, 9.5 yards per carry, 135 yards per game, nine touchdowns already. Yeah, that, which, he, which team is that for? Palo Verde, excuse me, sorry. Uh, for Palo Verde, so that's going to be... Maybe a team to look out for against Holville out there in the East uh, when those teams to square off against each other, you know, for the next three years. So should be exciting to watch in the future. I, I think they win this one against Calexico. Calipatria and Vince Memorial will be taking on one another out in the Inland Empire. Uh, that is another game that I... And Vince Memorial is a, is one of those ground and pound, keep them close. Yeah, they were they're six and... As Tommy brings up, six and one this year... They they went on a little bit of a run a couple of years ago. We saw them in a, in a D five final. So you know what? Why not look at them as being another threatening team out there? Central and Imperial will be squaring off out in the Inland Empire in another rivalry game. Central. We talked to Angel Nava after he scored a pair of touchdowns last week on the recap show, and I know that both of you guys listen to it so intently and and, and regularly that, that you for sure have that entire interview transcribed. But them beating Southwest El Centro last week 
has them very confident that they are they're the bullies they're the guys to beat they're the they're the top team out there in the inland empire and i want to see that continue uh if because if a team can come in with some swagger like central has where they were in a finals last year and they're on that unfinished business there might not be anything better in the playoffs than a team with unfinished business you know we'll put it on the poll at sd prep insider is there anything better in the playoffs than a team with unfinished business uh, but I, I like them in this one. Let's close it out. Last game to talk about is Del Norte versus Poway. Um, both of you at the same time. Or do you want you want to me go first? Yeah. So last week Del Norte uh, played it really close with Vista, which was impressive. Uh, and and Poway's been up and down. I mean, they went into that Tesoro game with a lot of high hopes. They didn't pull that one off. And then they blew a big lead and lost to Vista. So um, I think Poway takes this one, but I think Del Norte is improving each week, and, and this will be a close one. Josh Butler passed the uh, Josh Butler passed a 1,000-yard barrier last week. He's also got 14 touchdowns so far this season. It, I just feel like every year Poway has one stud running back. It happens every year, it seems like. It's just kind of a revolving door there. They always find the, the right guy to, to plug in that system. We'll put it on the poll. Has Poway football had a... What did you say, a stud running back? Yeah. Yeah, a stud running back since the dawn of time. Yes. Yes. Um, the Titans uh, surfaced from the, the ocean. <laughs> That's where they came from. Or wait, how does that... Is that the same thing as uh, Greek fables? Mythology? It's, yeah, Greek mythology. Yes, the Titans are in Greek mythology. I will not admit to knowing enough about their origin story. What's Bodhi? the genesis of the... There's the big key. No, no, no. A Triton is no, a the device. Neptune. Yeah, it's, it's Neptune's like device. A Titan yeah. a Titan is a part of Greek mythology. Uh, nope. Bodhi, can you please look up? Uh, is that when are... the guy flew into the sun? Is that when they all go, they formed them all? That's one of them. No, Icarus flew too close to the sun. Is that what you're thinking yeah, about? Yeah, and then he exploded. Yeah, that didn't ca- that didn't cause like that. Just was a fable about not flying oh, too I close to the sun. Oh, I thought that was the Genesis story. Uh, uh, Bodie, when you can find us on our closing note, just so anybody listening knows, there's no more football games to talk about. We're now just doing this to close out. We got another. Actually, we got another. We got another 90 seconds left in the show, Bodie. So if you can give us the origin story of the Greek Titans. The noun Titan comes from Greek mythology, and with the okay. Titans were a race of gods. Today, yeah. a Titan is yes. someone who is godlike. No, no, no. no. We, we need we need the origin of the race of gods. You have a minute and fifteen seconds to to provide that. Oh, he. Uh, so, he, what was the other one that I remember? Let's just go with the Titans. <laughs> it, not Icarus. You're talking about Icarus. No, there was another story that was kind of, that was Icarus oh, is a favorite. Stabbed about him Hugo. right in the right in the ankle. Achilles. Yeah. Like literally in the Achilles tendon, in the Achilles heel. Yes. That's the saying. Okay, What's that guy's name Achilles. The t- no, I, I know he got stabbed in the Achilles. What was no, his name was Achilles. Oh, that's ironic. That's why they named That's ironic that he died getting stabbed in the Achilles. Then. <laughs> Bodie, we got forty seconds the in the Titans show. Titans were the older gods, the generation of gods preceding the Olympians. Bodie, do we have an origin? Tommy alleged that they came out well, of the uh, ocean. Their, their father Uranus ruled the cosmos. All right. They came from Uranus. 27 seconds left in the show. Are we going to get an actual definitive answer? No, maybe. Yes. That no. seems right. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll say we'll say thank you on that note and uh, that we will see you come week 10 of the San Diego High School I'll have football the answer season. next week. Christian Pedersen, Bodie De Silva, Noah Alexina. Guys, thank you very much. Any closing notes? I'll have the answer next week. We'll see you at the Holy Bowl. See you at the Holy Bowl, folks. Talk to you later.